0: Hello everyone, here we are. It is our our first episode of Pub Theology Live. This is the inaugural episode, unless you count the preview episode, which didn't really count. So let's just call this the first one. Tonight we are brought to you by no one, because we don't have any sponsors yet. So if you know someone who'd like to sponsor a really fun, engaging uh, podcast um, about different views, different brews, discussions, spiritual, religious... All that good stuff. This is what we're about. Um, tonight on Tap, we are going to talk about David Bowie. We're going to talk about the stuff going on at uh, Wheaton College. We talk about pluralism. And just for fun, we're going to throw in some gun control at the end. Oh, yeah. And instead meaning in the universe, all kinds of weird stuff. Um, if you're watching live on YouTube, um, welcome. If you are listening on the podcast, uh, thanks for downloading and listening. Um, if you want to join in on the conversation because you happen to be watching live, did you know you can do that? Um, follow uh, us on Twitter at PubTheology and also Facebook.com slash PubTheology. Um, let's figure out who we are and what we're drinking because this is Pub Theology, So it's not just me. We have other people being ominously quiet over there. Um, but I'll start with myself. I am uh, Reverend Ogan Holder and um, I am based up here in um, Amesbury, Massachusetts. And tonight I am drinking a Blue Moon Cinnamon Horsata Ale. I don't even know what that means. Um, let's go around the circle with us. We got Brian. Tell us who you are, Brian.
1: Hey, all Brian Burkoff here. I am a pastor and writer based in Holland, Michigan. And uh, tonight I'm drinking a Backyard IPA from... Uh, Saugatuck Brewing, right down the road uh, here in Michigan, and uh, glad to be with you tonight on the chat.
0: I'm not an IPA fan. You drink them for me. What do you got going on, Tina?
2: (laughs) Hi, this is Sassy Sidekick Tina, Um, and I did remember to bring my bottle in this week, because I uh, see that. This week I have Storyteller. It's it's Once Upon a Dream. It's their Merlot.
0: Is that wine? wine?
2: Yes, I don't drink beer in the winter. It's a summer drink for me. Oh my
1: goodness! <laughs> to each their own. Am icicles. I gonna get kicked out of the club? <laughs> wow, we might have to just make a make a cut right here. <laughs> we'll, take All right. It, we'll, we'll take it up for a vote. Uh, I, I might
2: make an exception and drink a beer next week. How about that?
0: Uh, there you go. I think I think you should. I've seen you throw them back. You can handle you can handle them. Um, <laughs> If uh if you're listening to our podcast after the fact, yes, you can watch us live. Uh we record this on Tuesday nights at nine. That's that's our goal every Tuesday. And um we're recording via Google Hangouts, so you can watch the live stream of the recording um at pubtheologian.com slash podcast. That's pubtheologian.com dot com slash uh dot com slash podcast. Yeah. And tell your friends, we're up on SoundCloud, so look for us on soundcloud.com slash pubtheologylive where you can download, hear us gab, and share it with your friends at any time. You can post a comment question on Twitter and Facebook, and we'll get back to you during the course of the week. Um, So, Brian is the official... Uh, pub theologian in the group, you're just hangers, hangers on. Is that the right word? Did I say that right?
1: Hangers on. Hey, if we're interested in good conversation and enjoy a good beverage, even a glass of wine, we're all pub theologians. Thank you, Brian.
2: Wait, can I can I tell you guys something funny real quick? Um, I told my boys that I was doing this. I have two teenage boys. I told them I was doing this, and they were like, "Is it like drunk history?" <laughs> Do you guys ever see drunk history? Exactly. It,
0: it, <laughs> it will be about <laughs> thirty minutes quality. in. <laughs> uh, no, okay. we 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 won't get that crazy. Um, but um, but yeah, it. Um, I might I might I might have to do another one after this because it's not a it's not a very big bottle. So um, in case you are ever interested in having your own pub theology gathering or finding one in your town, um, Brian is uh, has been a really great c- curator. Of pub theologies all over the place and you can go to it's it's pubtheology.com is that the website or pub theologian I get confused
1: well it is pubtheology.com but it got hacked uh, this past week so the oh, site no. is under reconstruction so for now go to pubtheologian.com where hopefully you're watching us now and you can click uh, on directory to see a group near you. Exactly, and some hints
0: about forming your own group where you get together, and if you sign up for Brian's uh, e-newsletter, he, at the beginning of the week, creates a whole host of questions that you can discuss in your group, so you don't have to do the hard work. He's doing it for you. So which, we,
2: which, they're the same questions that we discuss, correct?
0: That's what we're going to be talking about tonight, okay. the, very, the very same questions. Glad Tina's keeping up with us. There you go.
2: I do my best.
1: <laughs> yes, you do.
0: So, Brian... What are, we, what
1: are we talking about tonight? Well, uh, we are talking about, of course, uh, we all know uh, the news that uh, David Bowie died this week, just days after releasing a new album. Uh, so that was kind of a surprise. Uh, I'm not sure it was widespread that he was um, that ill. And so the question is, what is your favorite David Bowie song uh, or in what ways were you influenced by David Bowie if you were
0: well um i got to admit i am not a big david bowie fan coming coming from a tropical island of barbados we didn't play a lot of david bowie um i do love changes that song so i i'll got to go with that one that's probably the only one i can name off the top of my head but i got to tell you when I think of David Bowie, I think of Labyrinth. Remember that? Did you all see Labyrinth?
2: The Goblin King. Yes.
1: There it is.
0: Goblin King. So, so for, for me, that's going to be the last the image uh, I have of him.
2: Okay. Well, I, I think we need to toast to David Bowie because he, he was an incredible artist. Yes, um, he was an incredible individual. And I, I think that's what I respect the most about him is through – the generations, he, you know, he changed so much, but he never changed. you know what I mean? Like he, he was David Bowie, and he did what he wanted to do. And um, I was actually last night um, going through all his songs and, and just listening, and he crossed so many genres when um, he 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 did duets with so many different people. And I have to say, one of my favorite ones is um, he does Little Drummer Boy with Bing Crosby, and it is just phenomenal.
0: Yes. Love that song.
2: Um, But, I mean, he also, he redid Fame with Queen Latifah. I don't know if you've ever seen that, heard that version, but it's awesome. And um, he did Hurt with Nine Inch Nails. Like, he just, just, you know, he could just get along with anybody. And I think that's a testament to how we should all be.
0: Um, One of the things I heard him say was that he was a collector of everything, personalities, musics, and I think him participating with so many other artists, was a testament to him being a collector of life. Um, Mm -hmm. And he was a great great model for that.
1: It's a great call. So cheers to uh, David Bowie, uh, Tina. Cheers Cheers. cheers to David. Um, You know what I love
0: about you, Brian, is that you're at home in the comfort of your home. You popped open a bottle of beer and you poured it in a glass. (laughs) Like you are just the consummate classy man. And I'm here (laughs) chugging from the bottle.
1: What can I say? What can I say? A good good IPA needs a little air to breathe, you know? Oh, excuse me.
2: (laughs) You give me no credit that I'm not chugging wine from a bottle.
0: (laughs) Actually, I was about to give you credit that you weren't chugging Uh, from the bottle.
1: (laughs) So, on uh, David Bowie's uh, song that I think everybody knows, even whether they know it's David Bowie or not, uh, Space Oddity. Uh, which begins, Ground Control to Major Tom. Uh, There was a great uh, line that I thought, that almost could have been our intro tonight. It says, uh, or our sign-off, Ground Control to Major Tom, Commencing Countdown, Engines On, Check Ignition, and May God's Love Be With You. Ooh, I like that. Good stuff, huh?
0: Can we, can we, you know what we should do, we should do for next week, we should, we should try to find that sound clip,
1: take up that sound clip and use it. That'd be cool. So,
2: Brian, how did he influence your life? What do you have to say?
1: Well, some of what you said, uh, the, um, ooh, Adam Gonnerman has uh, jumped in on Twitter and says his favorite Bowie song is Heroes. So thanks, Adam, for joining the, uh, joining the chat on Twitter. I think what you were saying, Tina, is that he crossed a lot of uh, boundaries, both musically, um, lyrically, on um, social things, um, in terms of dress, in terms of uh, social causes, in terms of uh, boundaries of uh, sexual sexuality, sexual um, identity, gender identity. Um, so I think Bowie had a, you know. A real profound impact that obviously we're seeing uh, this week with all the reactions to his death. Uh, and to be honest, I wish I had been a bigger fan. But uh, you know, as I look back um, on, as I've been reviewing some of his songs, it's like, oh yeah, that's David Bowie, and mm-hmm. that's a good song.
0: Well, it's not it's not too late to be a fan. Exactly. So, start now. And he de- he definitely did he definitely did push us into Thinking beyond our comfort zone, even even in his appearances, in the different personalities he he took on, def- definitely.
2: And what more could a great artist do than to push you beyond what you currently
0: think? Tis true. Tis exactly. true. Exactly.
1: All right. So the only way we're going to get any Twitter reaction tonight is if we put hashtag uh, SOTU or SOTU for State <laughs> of the Union. So we're going we're to loop in some folks whether they realize it or not.
0: Yeah, this is, see, this is this is why we our first hire is going to be like uh, some kind of calendar guru to say, no, don't do a show on that night. The president's addressing the nation.
1: The sad thing is I didn't realize it until uh, like two hours before we were going live. That's pretty pathetic.
0: Oh, that, well, I, I realized it this morning, and I, I was like, you know what? I don't – should should we I, – I was going to raise the question of should we, you know, change the time, should we postpone it or, or so whatever, but I was in the middle of working out when I had the thought, and by the time I was done, I couldn't even remember my own name because, you know, when I exercise – Every everything goes, um, so I I forgot to mention it. But you know what? It'll be all right. People will listen to us later, just as or tomorrow. kudos
2: kudos to-, to anyone who's listening to us and taping <laughs> or recording the. Uh...
1: Yeah, that's not happening.
0: Yeah, it's, it's our diehard
1: fans. Uh, our diehard fans are tuning in. We 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 know who you are. There I mean. you go. Well, he knows who you are. I have no clue. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, moving on to our second topic of the night, uh, and this has gotten some press of late, and that is that um, Wheaton uh, College professor uh, Laricia Hawkins uh, was fired by the college for posting a photo of herself wearing a hijab with the caption, I stand in religious solidarity with Muslims because they, like me, a Christian, are people of the book. And, she says, as Pope Francis stated last week, we worship the same God. Well, uh, I think the combination of image plus the phrase we worship the same God is what made uh, the administration and some colleagues nervous there at Wheaton College, an evangelical uh, institution. And so the question is, was this a fireable offense? And then secondly, do Muslims and Christians worship the same God?
0: Uh No, I don't think it's a fireable offense unless it's specifically stated somewhere in her hiring agreement that you're not allowed to profess allegiance to any other faith other than But what,
2: she didn't profess you know, allegiance. But she just this just accepted is, them.
0: You're making... That's what I'm saying. Okay, um, I'm
2: sorry. Carry on.
0: You're not listening, are you? You're just, I'm, <laughs> that's, that's the whole point I'm saying. Um, uh, she didn't profess allegiance. I'm saying un, unless... It's in her hiring agreement that says as uh, as an employee of this institution, here's the things you cannot do and that's one of them, then I don't think they kind of really have any grounds per se from a from an employer employee standpoint. And if their question is or or their issue is that she said we worship the same God, well, I mean, you kind of do because we're all I mean, you know Christianity uh Judaism um uh the the Muslim faith they all they all fall under the Abrahamic tradition you know Ab- Abraham was 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 the father uh the instigator the you know of all of them um and and Yahweh was Abraham's god so no matter how the how the spin-offs have occurred you know, it's it's the parent.
1: Yeah, I think uh, I think you hit it on the head there in terms of uh, going back to uh, Abraham and uh, the Abrahamic tradition, and that all three of uh, the Abrahamic faiths—Judaism, Christianity, Islam—have that same beginnings, that same uh, commonality, that same root. And the question then is. Um, as things develop, uh, you know, Christianity sort of adds a little addendum to Judaism and says, well, God came in the flesh in the person of Jesus and developed a Trinitarian theology. And uh the Jewish tradition said, well, you know, not really. Um and, you know, that's for you guys, not not for us. And then uh Muslims uh a little bit later uh you know have a prophet and they add some stuff on and come with the Quran and um see Jesus not in any divine sense, but as a prophet. Um, and so there's there's variations on the same foundation. It's like, it's like
0: fans of Knott's Land and wanting to distance themselves from Dallas.
2: Oh my goodness, I can't believe you wow. went
1: there. Wow, wow. Seriously, yeah. oh, think hi. about it.
2: <laughs> so, no, okay, but but I, I'm not even going there, Ogan. Um <laughs>
0: As because, as listen, Christians we, wait, though. we can spin off. We we have I mean basically this is what this is, spinning off into their <laughs> own thing. But no. because because we've changed so so because we've come up with new uh for lack of a better word, dogma about Christianity or or, or, or the belief and the message the prophet has changed in in, in terms of Islam or, or whatever, um did God change? I don't think God changed in any way, shape or form. So, so because we've changed the way we have interpreted and understand God in our respective faiths, you know, did God change? Because if God hasn't changed, then yeah, we, we, we all still align in ourselves with the same God.
2: But I, I, I mean, I get what you're saying, but I kind of think it's irrelevant. I mean, like Brian just said, at the heart of Christianity is Jesus. And if Jesus were standing there today, would, would he be firing her for this? I mean, would that be his message?
0: Well, if Jesus were here, trust me, he would not be the provost of the university. Pretty sure about that.
2: <laughs> but did you see what I mean?
0: He would be at a wedding making more wine. <laughs> <laughs> there Jesus you go. Would be, would be having a good time, not caught up in the administration of things.
2: Can Can I read something that you posted today? Who, me? Yeah. Okay. It wasn't by you.
0: Oh, then Um, then, absolutely, go right ahead.
2: (laughs) Brian, I don't know if you read it, but um, Ogan had posted its its window on religion. It's Reflections on Faith by Crystal St. Marie Lewis. And one paragraph she she wrote just really caught me. And it's kind of the core of Christianity. And, you know, I'm not, obviously not everybody's like this, but um, I, I feel like it's really at the heart of what's going on here. And it says, Christianity largely sees itself as a religion with a mission to convert the unsaved to our way of seeing God, Jesus, and the world. Most of us are trained to think that any interaction with an an avowed non-Christian must involve or lead to evangelizing. We are taught to see our non-Christian friends, including those of other religions, as a mission field. They're not people from whom we can learn because they don't have our truth. Instead, they are the prime candidates for being an unsaved friend to church day in, I'm sorry, bring on unsaved friend church day. We're not taught that we should pray to God for the grace to understand why people choose different religions other than Christianity. Instead, we're taught that we should pray for God to change them into what they are. And I feel like that's what the board of the college is
0: doing. And and yeah. I think that's the, uh, I mean, that's, like she said, that's the underlying uh, theme, I think, of evangelism to, to convert. And in, in, implicit in that is the idea that we are right and everybody else is not right, and here's someone of quote-unquote their own saying, "I am, I am voicing um, some form of agreement with, or not even agreement, just just identification with those who we would have labeled as not right." So I can kind of understand why they're upset, but when you think about it to, but their upset is based on, again, their revision or, or how they have chosen to identify, label, put God in a box, put, uh, our, our belief about God in a box and not willing to accept that anything outside of their box is equally viable.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think that's right. And thanks for sharing that, uh, that piece by, uh, Crystal, uh, Tina, that was helpful, and I think what happens is, as was said in that piece, and as Ogun has said, uh, we kind of have this view of um, us and them in, in certain um, approaches of Christianity, and the point of them is to turn them into us, and so when you talk about Islam, well, those are targets to be saved, but the added dimension with Islam, of course, is the the fear that certain folks have uh, rooted in um, unhelpful views uh, by a radical few uh, and putting that across the whole religion. And so um, it's a little bit uh, disconcerting when someone of their own faculty, even if a student said this, it would have been uh, difficult, but when one of the faculty says, well, we actually worship the same God, uh, I can imagine a few brains just sort of uh, cracking under the weight of that and, and just feeling like, what is she saying? She can't say that. She can't say that. That's not true. Without first taking the time for careful reflection on, well, what does it mean to say that? And if we don't worship the same God, why not? And if she thinks we do, why does she say that? Um and so unfortunately, I think there was a lot of reaction and not a lot of uh, deep theological thinking that went into this.
2: It just reeks of Christian entitlement to me.
1: Christian entitlement. Say more.
2: I just, you know, we we are better than other religions. Um, we are right. It's, I it it <laughs> it's almost like taking Jesus out of Christianity. <laughs> I just don't get it
0: well you know one one can make the argument that you know I, when 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 we look at Jesus in the path that that he walked as we understand it in the gospels you know it's it's kind of hard to look for him as an example of what do we do about other faiths because um he I think for for him, where person was in their respective faith didn't necessarily matter. Uh, good examples when he when he healed the centurion's daughter, or when he um, um, the the woman who the story with the woman and the crumbs falling from the table. Help me up, Brian. Um, you yes, about, the Canaanite uh, woman. Yep, the Canaanite woman e- exactly. Um, I think he he looked to people kind of as they were. Um, it would be interesting to see if, you know, like you said, Tina, if he were here today and we had a discussion with him about um, a person following a path other than Judaism and to engage him in a theological conversation, I really wonder what he would say. Um, but you just that. you
2: just said it, Ogan. He, he met people where they were at. He loved them where they were at. He didn't judge them. And he wasn't a Christian. Let me point that out. <laughs>
0: Well, I know he. That's what he said about Judaism. He was he was a good Jewish boy, um, but but I wonder if he would have said, in the theological context, to you know, to Romans, it's okay for you to or perfectly theologically. Sound for you to be worshiping all the gods that you worship, because in Judaism, there, you know, Yahweh was the one true God. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yes, his actions spoke to the deeper message of of loving each other and coming from that place. But it really makes me sometimes I have to wonder, what did Jesus think theologically, or even if he did, I I have to assume that he did, because. He was a good Fine. Jewish boy. Well,
1: right. He's exactly he, in his context. He's uh, as you said, a, a good Jew, and he uh, belonged to his tradition and uh, espoused his tradition. Uh, in some ways, he was a reformer, if you want to say, um, in terms of uh, you know bringing people back to uh, the heart of the law or the Torah um, or and giving his spin on it which is not unusual for a, a teacher or a rabbinical figure to do in that era but yeah in terms of other other gods well that wasn't even much of the conversation it was uh calling people to a um commitment to uh, the god of israel and right. uh but but that said i think jesus was far more welcoming than uh, many of his followers have been
0: uh, sure I'll i agree with you on that and but I think I think that quote you have there for the for basically the next the next uh, question the you, you quote uh, Ibu Patel to see the other side to defend another people not despite your tradition but because of it is the heart of pluralism I think that. Captures the essence of why the folks at Wheaton, the establishment are having an issue with this because they're not interested in pluralism yes. they're not accepting of pluralism as and, and I apologize, but yes, I know i'm painting with a very broad brush. Um, I, I think evangelism, evangelical Christianity is not in support of welcoming of tolerant of pluralism.
1: Yes, and yeah, it's this ironic um, embrace of religious freedom when it gives you uh, special privileges but then when religious freedom means um, pluralism and uh, not only tolerating people of other faiths but learning from them uh, welcoming them, giving them all the same rights and privileges you have uh, then sometimes uh, religious freedom becomes uh, problematic for some folks Uh, but I like what Patel has to say, right, that uh, seeing the other side. uh, And that's a very Jesus-y thing to do, right, to be empathic and to um, care for those different than us, to defend another people. Uh, And he says, not despite your tradition, but because of it. And so I think you can be a very good uh, and true Christian and perhaps the best kind of Christian, if you can do that, if you can defend a person who's not of your own uh, tradition, and I think when you do that, you look uh, more like Jesus than when you don't.
2: Well, I like to think that um, because of this whole event, because that's exactly what Lauretta was doing. That, is that how you pronounce it, Lauretta?
1: I believe so, Larissia.
2: Um I like to think that this is going to take her on a whole another path. That is, you know, where she can reach more people with with her loving spirit.
0: I think it's very ingenious of her in an in, uh, an institute of higher learning to 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 open up the conversation with such a such a visible action, to so that hopefully the students that are there will engage in the bigger theological question at hand, um, and 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 that's a big question for for anyone in any faith, you know, can we. Um, is is um act not even accepting but but acknowledging uh where other faiths stand does it dilute our own does it does it call to question or diminish our own and, and people are all across the spectrum on on that i mean you know i don't think anyone on this in this discussion is going to say that you know acknowledging another's beliefs is going to diminish our own but i i, I think again for some, they would say yes. And, and that's, a, I think that's at the heart of the matter here with this with this whole issue. Can we accept another without feeling that we ourselves are diminished? Sure. Oh, go ahead, Tina.
2: I, I was just going to say, to me, that kind of shows a lack of confidence in your belief if, you know, if you're so afraid of, of other religions. I mean, if you're, Sure, who you are at your core, and and you're sure who your God is. You don't really care what other people think.
0: I don't think it's so much fair. I don't. Uh, I don't. I don't meet a lot of scared evangelicals.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think. I think what it's rooted in, honestly, is this uh, this sense of and this uh, um, high focus on uh, on the next life and this view that well, if you worship. God as we do and understand Jesus as we do and accept Jesus as we do then you'll go to heaven when you die and if you don't you're going to hell and so uh to be fair for many evangelicals it's a it's they're wanting not wanting people to go to hell and so they want to So
2: that's based people. in fear isn't it?
1: Yes, I mean. but but they they spin it as being rooted in love uh because you want to bring people to the best possible place and so They don't want to see people end up in a a terrible place beyond words. And so um, there's a real passion to uh, evangelize and to bring um, their understanding of the message of Jesus uh, to people who don't think that way. I think it's an excessive focus on the next life more than even Jesus himself focused, uh, and I think it gets you while perhaps good intentioned, into some places you don't want to go um, as a follower of Jesus and will have you do things like what the administrators at Wheaton College did, uh, acting uh, out of fear. Um, But there you have it.
0: It'll it'll be interesting um, to see what really happens after we die.
1: There's an understatement. (laughs) 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 <laughs> All But there'll be some surprises, right? I mean, I think that's what you're getting <laughs> Somebody's at.
2: Nobody's going to be surprised. <laughs>
1: Every, everybody who uh, you know, everybody well, I who don't thinks think... they have a certain view of what happens after we die, I mean, guess what? Uh, none of us have been there and, and lived to tell about it, and so I think the honest approach is to be uh, somewhat agnostic. You may have certainly, you may have hope that a certain thing is what happens, but you can't be definitive about it.
0: Right. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't think we're gonna know. I. I'm. Uh, we're. I am we i do not know that we need to get into a, You know what happens after we <laughs> die conversation. But since we seem to be going that way. <laughs> we,
1: we can. We can go gently for a moment on the rabbit trail.
0: Gently. <laughs> Let's sprint with mad abandon. I say. Uh, there he is. There he goes. <laughs> I. I mean. So. 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 How many years have you had? So uh, three quarters and counting. Um All right. you, you know, again, this is this is a certain belief that 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 place of us that is eternal, that you know, that that spark of the divinity, that it's you know, not not just a unity concept. That 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 comes from you know, mystical Christian theology. That spark of the divine. Absolutely. Um, that that that's the eternal, but that's not who we are as personalities. So that eternal piece of us continues. It, it it's eternal. It, it it existed before this physical form came into being, and it'll continue after this physical form fades away. But because it's not our personality, our personalities, our five senses, the psychology of who we are isn't isn't going anywhere after the physical form dies. I think those things are are firmly rooted into the physicality of us because of the way the brain works. The, the spirit, the, the the soul, the that eternal piece of us, um, I, I I think we're not gonna have any personality of us recognized with that. So when this body fades, from that perspective, that's the end of us. The the o, when when Ogun's body stops working, Ogun the personality, also stops working. But the divine spark that is within me, which is ultimately nameless because it is the divine, that 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 keeps on taking. So I don't, I don't think we're gonna know. I don't think there's gonna be a personality essence of me, Ogun, who's gonna be in the afterlife going, "Well, who? Nobody saw this coming," you know, that kind of deal. <laughs> but that's just me.
1: Good, good. We'll go more in depth on uh, the next life, I think, in a future, future <laughs> conversation um, to <laughs> bring us back. Questions, To bring us back to the podcast. Yes, bring us back brings back to the Wheaton College situation, and um, was this a fireable offense, this professor uh, making the statement she did? Uh, Will on Twitter says, do you think their actions, that is the actions of the Wheaton administration, are based upon making sure they don't offend their contributors? And by contributors, I assume he means <sighs> major donors. Discuss.
2: Oh, that just kills me.
1: All
0: ahead, about yeah. the money. All about the money. I I'm sure that's a piece of it, but I I think it's I I I think it's a, a little deeper than that in terms of as as maybe some of us alluded to. Um, is this the message they want to be? Is this the message they want coming out of an evangelical institution?
2: Are Are you sure though, Ogan? I mean, are you sure there wasn't just a text or a phone call that? They're like, oh my gosh, we just really upset. So, Tina,
0: well. how long have you known me? I am never sure about anything. In what? I said, how long have you known me? I am never sure about anything. Said, no, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not sure that didn't happen either. Um, it's, it's possible. And you know, to play devil's advocate, um, when we have uh, organizations and institutions like that. There is a certain sense of responsibility one owes to the shareholders. Um, otherwise, the place wouldn't wouldn't be running. So, yeah, that's that's entirely. A
2: piece. I understand what you're saying. <laughs> it's, but we have a certain sense but, of integrity. Are, we have. But you are firmly I,
0: disagreeing. I can tell. The no, hand, the I think up. it's
2: one of the. I think it's I one of the that. biggest problems with our entire country. I'm sorry.
1: Well, I think I think uh, Will brought up a good point that we hadn't mentioned. I do think uh, I, I do think there's definitely something to worrying about offending uh, donors, and so I think this was a little bit of a um, uh, what's the what's the phrase um, damage control PR sort of moves. move, like sure. yes, yeah, a PR move, a damage control move. Like we can't be saying this kind of thing um, and and keep expecting the contributions we need to keep going. And I also uh, hate to even mention it, but she was uh, a woman and an African American professor, and I think that's she was probably in the minority among her peers, her colleagues, and uh, who knows uh, if that don't, has anything to do with it.
0: But don't hate to mention it because I'm sure it did have a lot to do with it. I'm uh, um, I'm, I'm fairly sure if it was a white male professor that. There wouldn't be as much of this backlash i'll I'll go to a limb and say it
1: um, yeah, well, exactly, and by hate to say it, I mean it makes me sad to say it because right. I think you're right, there is something to that
0: um but but I think I think um in addition to the to the contributors uh, the the question I have is 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 it that again, we don't want to upset our contributors, or truly this is not what we believe I mean it seems that she's made a statement that's completely antithetical to to the belief that governs the organization the belief that leads students to want to attend an evangelical college so i it, you know it could it could be a, it could be a mix of both um but i i think it i think it it's and especially in this in this climate that we live in right now in the united states where there is so much anti-muslim rhetoric and you know and how it's uh, worked its way into into our, our, our political system as well. And I, I, I think perhaps there's, there's that piece that has worked itself into, and I freely admit, I'm making this all up the, the evangelical story that, that, that says um, we are associating these, these acts of terror that, that we are so busy fighting with the religion um, and of course, conveniently forgetting that there are terrorists within the Christian belief system as well. No doubt.
2: Um, Tina, Tina I, I got think, excited. Well, I I just think you hit the nail on the head. I think I think you're right. It's a combination of a bunch of things that you know they probably it it happened, and you have these uh, you know a hundred different opinions coming at you with different viewpoints and the bottom line is what is best for the future of the college? It's a survival thing.
0: Yeah, and, and again, um, if I, I am totally um, for the idea of if, if we want to have a college that has a pure evangelical uh, understanding, theme, requirement, uh, it's, it's their right uh, to have that and, and create that Um, but if it is an institute of higher learning as it claims to be, one would expect that they would engage in discourse reflective of that, which means that when things come up that you don't agree with, you don't summarily dismiss it and, and censor the individual, you open it up to, to intense dialogue, um, uh, one of the one of the for lack of a better word punishments that was handed down on her was that she was a tenured professor and that tenured that yes. tenure was was stripped from her which again doesn't doesn't really kind of make sense but i think they did that because they don't have any grounds to fire her and they needed to be some kind of you know quote unquote punishment to say that you know what she's not getting away with this in some way but i think they I- – Fired her, there would have been a much bigger storm.
2: But, but as parents, we all know that the the punishment has to have a correlation to, you know, the offense.
0: Oh, that's so. not true. That's that's hogwash.
2: <laughs> Seriously, are we going to get into parenting now?
0: <laughs> wow. Brian, Come you on. To step in. You know, you know, so, you know, you know. Sometimes, you know, some like. Kids do sometimes do things that we're like, you're grounded, go to your room. Like, what does that do? What does that have to do with the offense that the kid did?
2: I've never said those words, Ogan.
0: So us, us who are conscious parents, <laughs> I'm not saying I did either, us who are <laughs> conscious parents, we don't go that route, but some of us do. Yeah, I've never, I've never grounded Joy and sent her to her room. That's, that's not, that's, you know, but I agree with you. The, The punishment should be related to the offense, but that's not what often happens. Sadly.
1: Indeed. All right. Hey, I say we jump on to uh, our next question. Let's go for it. And this is a quote from the venerable C.S. Lewis, who says, If the universe has no meaning, we should never have found out that it has no meaning. Just as if there were no light in the universe and therefore no creatures with eyes, we should never know it was dark. Dark would be without meaning. So there's a lot there, but the the crux of it is, if the universe did not have any meaning, uh, we would not be able to discover that.
0: It felt like we just took like a serious sharp left turn, and and what?
2: <laughs> we just went super conceptual. <laughs> yes.
1: So yeah. let me uh, let me try to spell it out. So he's, I think he's countering a uh, a humanist or materialist atheist view that um, there's no ultimate meaning to the universe and he's saying if that were so we would never have been able to figure that out um, because we are conscious uh, beings who seek meaning and because we seek meaning that must mean there is a a greater meaning maker out there who instilled that in us Um, does that, does that make sense?
0: yes I do believe we seek meaning we're meaning making machines we love meaning we find comfort in meaning I also agree that there is no meaning maker out there, and I also believe that because we seek meaning, doesn't mean we're right. Like, doesn't mean there is a meaning out there simply because we have this urge to seek it or find it. That makes
1: sense. Totally, totally. So what do you think, Tina?
2: I'm I'm caught on the line. If there were no light in the universe and therefore no creatures with eyes we should never know it was dark like to me that's the whole duality of our world you know if you, you can't know the light without the darkness you know if you can't know meaning without meaninglessness it's
0: well here's about- my, here's my issue with that part he's implying there's this implication that there are creatures with eyes because there is light
2: yeah. What would you need eyes for if you didn't have the light?
0: Well, I don't think... I, I, I think the light the light, uh, pre-existed the creatures. <laughs> so my point my point is if there were no creatures with eyes, they wouldn't see the light, but that doesn't mean the light wouldn't exist. It's that whole thing about tree fall in the forest and no one around yeah. To hear it. Yeah, but who
2: cares if
0: there's nobody to see it? That's not the question. The question isn't if a tree falls in the forest and no one's around to hear it, do we care? (laughs) The question is, does it make a sound? (laughs) So, so, you know, I, 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 I kind of think I, what you were saying was true about the relativity and the duality of things. We, we, we know there's light or, or, or we conceptualize part of the conceptualizing of light is that there's darkness relative to it. Um, But I don't know that I agree with the, no light, therefore, no creatures with eyes. I, because the reverse correlation doesn't really work for me.
1: Well, I think he's he's trying to make a clever analogy, and it's not exactly apples to apples here. No. Um, and so the and and also when he says if the if the whole universe has no meaning, and so the question here is what is what does he mean by that? Um, meaning according to who? Uh, Is he talking about some grand meaning that's outside of humanity? Um, I think he's implying God's meaning or a divine meaning. Um, But to have meaning, you have to have subjective um, folks, uh, people with consciousness, to be able to assign, ascribe, understand meaning. And... The fact that we can do that um, could point to something larger that has put a larger meaning to the universe, but it doesn't prove that. And I think some folks read this quote and think it somehow proves something, um, because I think it could be, as Ogan said, that we are just um, creating meaning because we have we've developed consciousness, whether by divine. Gift or through evolutionary uh, development, um, and we can create meanings uh, multiple uh, that are unique to us. And so, I, you know, there are certain things that are meaningful to me. I enjoy a good IPA. That's very meaningful to me. Ogan says no, thank you. Um, but that doesn't mean his perspective doesn't have meaning, and mine does. It's unique to each of us. Uh, that was a silly example, but you get what I'm saying.
0: I think the meaning of this discussion around the meaning of this quote is meaning
1: <laughs> A little
0: less and less to me. <laughs> are,
1: are we submerging into the darkness?
0: <laughs> definitely the void. I know what the with, darkness. With but no the, eyes. But definitely the 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 void. We just got we just got really really esoteric, and I I think the esoteric questions should be attempted at the beginning of libations.
2: Ah, is. Not, oh, I agree. Yeah, not, you might want flip a, that not, around.
0: Not, either at the beginning of libations or after way too many
1: libations. Or after way too many, and then <laughs> such <laughs> wisdom as the world has never known might come forth.
2: Absolutely. In,
1: in, 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 in vino veritas, as they say. <laughs>
2: um, I have to tell you, I it didn't occur to me to check my own social media that my friends might be um, calling or texting in and back with our... What would Jesus do if he were here today? Discussion when we were talking about Wheaton College. Um, my friend said if Jesus were here today, he'd be standing in line for a Powerball ticket.
1: Oh wow! Yes, <laughs> <laughs> man. What do you do? You think so?
0: That's no, the kind of friends would, I have. No, he would no. not. No, he no. wouldn't. He'd send one of the disciples.
1: <laughs> well, or he could turn he could turn a leaf of a, off a tree into the winning Powerball ticket.
0: There, there you go. <laughs> there, you there, go. there, there you go.
1: That's um, funny. Thanks. Thanks for your friend who's uh tuning in.
0: Okay, did you all buy your tickets? Are you guys buying tickets?
2: I did a work pool.
1: You did a work pool? How about you, Brian? You You know, I found out. uh two dollars on the floor the other day when I was ah. uh, picking up my socks, and so I thought maybe <laughs> maybe I'll spend that two dollars.
0: It's a sign. There you go.
2: I know, exactly. Brian's gonna
1: win it now. <laughs> that could be I, actu- I actually That's his could,
2: meaning
0: <laughs> There you go. What do the, what does this random two dollars mean? It means I get to go play the lottery. <laughs>
1: exactly. I'm just gonna turn this two bucks into a cool one point five billion. There you go.
0: That's actually, what Jesus would do. That's what Jesus <laughs> would do. Exactly. Bless it and multiply it. I actually spoke about the lottery in my talk this past Sunday. Um because we were we I was talking about uh, one of, one of Unity's basic principles is that idea of creating our experience through the power of our, our, our thoughts and our beliefs. And, and often that, that finds an interesting correlation into the law of attraction and making things happen in our life. And, mm. um, So, so we were, I was talking, I was talking about the lottery and it was a, it was an interesting conversation because I started to talk, I started to talk by saying, uh, let's address the elephant in the room who's buying lottery tickets and it was, it was fun to see the hands that went to bowling and the hands that kind of went sheepishly and I was like, don't worry, I'm, I'm buying tickets too and if any of you win, remember, tithe where you're spiritually fed.
1: Exactly. So, you. Exactly. And I'm sure you got a few comments after. Like, Reverend Ogan, that sermon really hit the jackpot this morning. <laughs>
0: exactly.
1: Bingo. Oh, man. I can tell it's getting late in the conversation here. <laughs> we got um, 10
2: minutes to talk about gun control. And I like how Brian yeah. waits until the end when we've had a lot of alcohol to talk about gun control.
1: That's the best time for it, I think. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. So, uh, why don't you read the quote for us, one of you?
0: Uh there is no reason why on the street today a citizen should be carrying loaded weapons guns are a ridiculous way to solve problems that have to be solved among people of good will and this quote is by Ronald Reagan Wow Now did yeah, I I I got to be honest Brian um so I saw when you posted this a while back and it was like a you know a, Picture A firestorm with, with with Ronald Reagan. Did he really say this, or is this one of these like you know memes that was created, and we don't know if he really actually said it?
1: No, I well I did some research, and he said this uh, when he was governor of California, like in uh, nineteen sixty seven, after um, Black Panthers showed up at the uh, state government with with guns.
0: Gotcha. All right, so we are in good authority that he actually said it.
1: I don't know that he would have said this when he was president. president. I was going to
0: say, <laughs> but it
1: doesn't matter. He, doesn't he still said it. He still said it. I'm going to claim it, man. There you go. <laughs> go Forget for con- it. Forget Pre-presidency context. Reagan. I, I
0: agree. I agree with the quote wholeheartedly. I mean, there's uh, for me, there's no uh, two ways about it. And you know, it was it was fascinating to see the um, the uproar that ensued when. Um, President Obama spoke about um, um, using his presidential authority, which was within his right, to simply um, strengthen background checks. Um, And and people just assumed he was going to, I mean, the whole eight years he's been president, they've been assuming he's going to do something crazy to attempt, I don't know, outlawing, owning guns, which a president can't do, and he's never tried to do, and He's never been against gun ownership. What he's really been for is that idea of we need better, better laws to make sure that the guns are not falling into the hands of people who shouldn't be owning guns. And there's so many loopholes, like gun shows and stuff, where anybody can just walk up and uh, purchase a weapon. And um, for you know, I always invite people who. Uh, I always invite people to to look at countries like like Australia and some other European countries that have that have um, outlawed gun ownership. You know, there are no there are no mass shootings, crime is uh, gun crimes and homicides are ridiculously low. It's it's I think we have to ask ourselves which is more important the the right to own a gun or the right to live, and for me that's that's kind of essentially what it comes down to. Mm.
1: Yeah, that's an interesting view, and a lot of folks uh, highly disagree with you.
0: Yes, yes, they do, and it's fascinating when we look at, you know, forget mass shootings. If, I mean, which which we which we can't because you know. Wait,
2: can I can I stop you for a second? Um, back up a second. The whole sure. Australia thing and countries that have outlawed guns completely. What about hunting? Or are you just talking about semi-automatic weapons?
0: Um, I don't think a lot of hunting happens in Australia. Okay. I mean, it's pretty much, you know, a lot of desert. Um, but no. Uh, so I remember. Um, and I and I apologize for not looking this up before I came on. I'm pretty sure it was in Australia. Um, a few decades ago, there was a horrible mass shooting, and and everyone, on on both sides of the political fence agreed that this didn't need to happen again mm-hmm. and so they all came together and said we're, we're, we're done with gun ownership and they survived and there were no mass shootings after that um but i did but, I, I did see uh, that I, I want more details though yeah um, I'll, I'll look that up and find the article and, and and post it um for the sake of accuracy but again so as i was saying even if we not looking at mass shootings If one has a gun in your home, you are more likely to be harmed, if not killed, by an accidental shooting in your own home, not by some invader who's coming in and you need to protect yourself. I mean, the facts and the statistics are there. What's also there is that 90% of Americans, in the pupil, 90% of Americans are in favor of much stricter uh, regulations uh, around gun ownership. So, so again, interesting to hear, yes, it's an election year, the political rhetoric that, that ensued with just him saying, I'm going to do something about this. And what he's doing about it really isn't that big a deal. All he's trying to do is close some of these loopholes that allows people to acquire firearms without having a serious background check. And that's not really a big deal. That's what should have been happening all along.
2: Well, again, o- it's not, and it, it's not the it's not what he said that has everyone in an uproar. The people that are in an uproar would have been in an uproar no matter what he said.
1: Well, that's true. Yes, sometimes the fact that he's talking uh, is part of the problem. Um, but I think you're right. I mean, a lot of what he's saying is to um, Actually, implement the things that are already the case uh, in terms of background checks and uh, those kinds of things. Uh, he's not doing anything like taking away guns or um, any of the outrageous things that uh, folks opposed to what he was saying or opposed to any kind of gun control um, are putting out there.
0: All right. So um, I'm reading. I'm reading an article in the New York Times. It's dated. Uh, December 4th, how a conservative-led Australia ended mass killings. And it says, there have been no mass killings defined as a gunman killing five or more people besides himself since the nation significantly tightened its gun control laws almost 20 years ago. Uh, mass shootings in Australia were rare anyway, but after gunmen gunman massacred 35 people in 1996, a public outcry spurred a national consensus to severely restrict firearms. The Titan laws were standardized across Australia, more stringent than any of, more stringent than those of any state in the United States, including California. So there's a whole article about it, um, yeah, in there. So if you if you just do a Google search for um, Australia gun control or gun bans, you'll, you'll see it. Um, so yeah, so I mean, it's not. I I think again, it comes down to to the question of why you know, and and I know we have this have the Second Amendment, and I know I'm probably gonna, you know, get a lot of flack for this, but we 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 always seem to forget the context in which a lot of these amendments were written, and when the Second Amendment was written, it kind of made sense at the time it was written. People were trying to Seriously, protect themselves from the uh, wild. Well, not just the wild, but the the English. (laughs) The (laughs) The wild.
1: (laughs) That's right. That's right. I mean, things it was, it was more of a take the law into your own hands um, kind of society. And it's worth remembering that the kind of weapons uh, any um, government would have had were the same kinds of weapons a um, farmer or citizen would have had. So, you know, you could fight muskets with muskets. But people today who think the Second Amendment means they can defend themselves with their rifles and handguns against the government are deluding themselves because the government, uh, ours in particular, has uh, the most advanced weaponry ever made. And guess what? Uh, You know, you're not going to do too well against tanks and uh, surface-to-air missiles and what have you.
2: And whatever the, we don't even know about.
1: At, at, at the time that Second Amendment was was
0: written, and we were using muskets, in the time it took to reload a musket, not only could you talk the guy down, but you could probably convert him to Christianity as well. Oh, <laughs> I
1: mean, well, way to bring it around! And then in the end, you can share a, share a good beer together. You're welcome. That was that was my gift for
0: you tonight. Nice. Wow, nice. that was fantastic.
2: That's a good wrap-up.
1: Bringing it all home.
0: Bringing it, bringing it all home. So, <laughs> I, um, but, but, but the interesting thing you ask is, will the president's action make a difference? Um, I mm-hmm. think it's going to make a nominal difference. I think it's really, uh, I think the power is in the symbology of his actions, which is saying, as a sitting president, I know I'm going to do what I can do. Um, about this. And I know that it's not necessarily, it's not going to change anyone's ability who already owns a gun. You know, it's, it's really about, again, doing our best to make sure that, that the guns aren't falling into the hands of people who maybe shouldn't have them because of whether it's, it's, it's a mental instability. Uh, they have a criminal background, you know, those, those kinds of things. Um, and i i i really find it fascinating to think that it doesn't matter what side of the political fence you're on the people weren't going to be okay with that again 90% are in favor of it so i don't i i think it should be uh i think it, it shouldn't be a big issue
1: yeah but... i agree with you that uh that the power uh, behind what he's doing is in the symbology and, and raising the narrative and having uh someone in his position uh at least addressing this issue and and taking it seriously uh even though obviously the you know the things he's proposing are a little start right there's much more that right. needs to happen but you've got it's got to happen by people um it has to be popular consensus for real change to happen like the kind of change uh you talked about in Australia or in other nations that have uh, much more sensible um, relationships uh, with them. But guns. I
0: think, but listen, I think there is popular consensus. I really think there is. I think it's it's the it's the the loudest the loudest. Are
2: not always the wisest.
0: <laughs> exactly, the loudest few yeah. uh, are 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 making the case to defend something that the majority of us are are kind of getting a little weary of. You know, we. Yeah. I, I think I think. Yeah, so we'll we'll see how it works. I'm an optimist, and I think I think this will be in my lifetime brought under control.
1: Amen to that. Amen to that. So yeah. that's uh, Pub Theology Live for tonight. Uh, what's on tap for next week? Any closing uh, thoughts there, Ogan or Tina?
0: Um, I'll just remind people that uh, if uh, follow us on what is it, Pub Theology on Twitter, also on Facebook. Slash Pub Theology. Um, we'll be here Tuesday nights. Um, and check SoundCloud and sound, soundcloud.com. I can speak Slash Pub live um, to to hear the audio. It should be up either later tonight or first thing tomorrow. I should probably just do it tonight. Um,
2: Ogan, oh, you're out next week, right?
0: Um, yeah, I will not be here next week. I'm 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 going to Disney World. I'm going yeah,
1: to do it. You workout. have fun. Awesome, um, awesome. We'll we'll find someone to fill your chair as uh, that your venerable position. There you go.
2: Somebody that can argue with me.
1: <laughs> there you go. There you go.
0: Uh, so so, so yeah. Also head over to pubtheologian.com uh, to find out where pub theologies are gathering in your town or in your neighborhood or how you can create your own. Um, so that's all I got.
1: Yeah, and I just want to say thanks to those who are listening in live, for those who contributed on uh, Facebook and Twitter. We did get some messages both ways. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next week.
0: Yeah, thanks for the guys who are listening and watching. Thanks for you listening to the podcast. Uh, let's, let's do some playout music. Let's do some playout music. See you next week.
1: See you next week.